Hello and welcome to episode 3 of season 5 of Flop Stars, the podcast where we look at pop albums that may not have done so well on the charts, but are very special to us in our hearts. This week, we are going for Florence and the Machine's second album, Ceremonials, which actually wasn't that much of a flop. However, we're setting the bar very low this season as... (laughs) We do want to speak about some albums that we truly love, and Ceremonials is turning 10, so we feel like it's time to break Florence and the Machine's flop star's virginity with her most successful album. Break virginity in the first minute of the podcast. It doesn't sound great, Unsure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's do it. Oh, you haven't told us who we are yet. You haven't said who. Well, you interrupted. Sorry, to- sorry. To destroy my opening monologue, oh, which was actually going break, really well. You said break Florence's virginity. I don't know if that's a strong part of the monologue. Okay. Well, I said her flop star's virginity. Okay, I wasn't true. talking in those terms. Yes. Uh, but hello, I am Sam Murphy. And with me, criticising me, nitpicking through his hot little microphone is Nick <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> nitpicking Nick at your service once again. <laughs> Um, I, when you first brought me Florence, I was like, oh, do we have to do Florence? Because my... I knew you were going to think that. You you hate the sookie gals from the early 2010s. I hate the sookie gals in their, like, in their flowy robes. It's just never been my type of music. However, I am genuinely grateful that we have decided to do this again. Um, and particularly because it's turning 10, because... I still, my early memories of Florence where they were like the late high school days um, and she was one of the like cool indie kids' favourite like almost crossover stars. She was yeah. one of the, the indie kids that was about to become, you know, mainstream but was still going to always be cool and ethereal. You know, the the, the girls at school that liked Regina Spector um, also liked Florence. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and I've found this like form of like Baroque baroque pop like smart people pop very interesting and i've i've had a weird relationship with it but i think i've come to like even with regina um i've come to really appreciate regina in my mid-20s whereas as a late teen with one of my favorite artists being kesha in the tiktok era (laughs) um, i was very anti the smart girl pop see this is where you and me differ because Mm. i was the one hanging out for Florence and the Machines. It could be announced on every festival. <laughs> Watching Regina Spector at Splendor in the Grass while everybody else was at the presets or some other electronic act. <laughs> I loved my Baroque pop girls back in the day. And I still do, actually. I, and I haven't gone back to this album very often since it came out, but we'll unpack all that later. First, let's talk about what happened this week. Um, in big news for me, I got a new mattress. Well, the old one's behind yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say you. You normally people get rid of one and get another, but yours is just sitting in the background of our Zoom call right now. Well, I'm going to throw it out. I'm not going to keep it there. It looks like it's in relatively good condition. What was it the is catalyst for condition. getting a new mattress? Um, our silent producer was not happy. Too soft. Too soft. Okay, interesting. Too soft. Well, I have yeah. a not spawn koala mattress. 
that I bought. This was Casper mattress, so oh, similar okay. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got rid of the Casper though. That's definitely not Sponcon. And who did you purchase it. a new mattress from <laughs> with a discount code um, Sam? I don't know, some rando from Mattress Firm. A oh, mattress firm? Oh, does it sound very nice? I only buy them from... It's not... It doesn't sound very nice. Well, I bought the Koala. It's the kind of place you'd find... You know when you first enter the Central Coast and there's just like a run of like... um, Like kind of warehousey type shops? Yes. I live about two That's minutes from them. That's where you find Mattress Firm. Yeah, got you. Okay. You don't live two minutes from them. I do. To your house. I do. I do. Okay. Well, it's a very nice area. <laughs> <laughs> I live two minutes from mattress firm. No, we now have like a big like industrial um, like complex. It's got like fantastic furniture and all. Yeah, the, that's like... what I'm talking about. Yeah, I live two minutes from that. Yeah, my chiropractor's there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but hang on. Back Maybe to the old. On. Back to the old mattress. Why is? Did you keep the plastic because the plastic is on the bottom, slightly ripped? No, here plastic? it's a rule. You have if you're going to throw it out, you have to put plastic over it because of bad bugs. Really? So we had to put the plastic over it. It's ready to be thrown out. And where do you put it in New York City? You book a pickup and you put it out on the street. Ah. Oh. And they come See, we, I actually found out today we have a very high listenership in New York, so that could be helpful information for them. Yeah, there you go. Sponsored by the New York City, uh, not council. What do you call it there? Um, uh, I don't know. No. Municip- muni- <laughs> municipality? I, th- I was going to say that. <laughs> How Sounds long has this been going for? Oh, too long already. Um, <laughs> why don't we um, catch up on other things that have happened this week? I have no news to report in any capacity. Um I have no news either, but it's actually, no, it actually was, a, news. well, I know, but that was personal news. I'm talking about pop music news. <laughs> well, um, Gaga's House of Gucci premiere happened. I know. It sounds like she's great in it. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I loved the outfit for the premiere as well. The nice purple So number. good. Um, so good. Also, I saw today that. She, like, stayed in character the entire time so that when she met, um, what's his name? Who's her co-star in it? Adam something. Driver. The guy from Girls. Yeah, Adam Driver. When she met him, she had her Italian accent on. Oh, my God. She was, like, already in character. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, but let's move on because we're really getting off track. So let's play Flop or Bop. Yes, the big new songs of the week. We get to sit on one side of the fence only. Is it a flop or is it a bop? First big new song of the week, Sam. Well, we prefaced it with our whole episode last week. Charlie XCX, New Shapes, with Christine and the Queens and Caroline Polachek. Massive week for Charlie. New album announced. World tour announced or at least two continent tour announced. Which um, is a world tour. Which is essentially a world tour. Well, yeah. hello. Australasia calling. And now everyone can <laughs> everyone can come back, not have to sit in a hotel room and go insane. Um, this is a massive moment for Charlie, I reckon. And it's exactly the kind of moment I think we were prefacing last week. Um, this feels like a real play at mainstream again. I think yeah. even with bringing along to less mainstream pop stars with her, I think they both add just a wonderful edge to it. They add the edge we were kind of expecting. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's who, a moment. It's a moment. Who do you and think has the best part? I think it's Christine. 
Yeah, so do I. Yeah. It's just like a bit more, it's more more of like a savage Christine than like I'm used to. Yeah. And I'm very, very here for it. Um, Her pre-chorus is just like... Yes. Chef's kiss. Um, Yeah, massive bop moment for me. And the album looks like it's going to be incredible. The cover art's remarkable. Um, Yeah. What's it called again? Crash? Crash. Something car related. She's obsessed with cars. She is really obsessed with cars. And we said that last week. Oh, that was us that said that. We had a whole game around it, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Good point. <laughs> Sorry. Your thoughts? Uh, I love it, obviously, Bob. However, this is the first Charlie song I've heard in a while where I was, like, on the fence at first. There's something mm. quite jarring about the chorus to me, and it was mm. very jarring the first time I listened to it. Um, but now I'm used to it, and I love it. And I think the pre-choruses are unbelievable. I think the three of them are great together. I think, like, there's finally, you can hear that, like, Janet Jackson influence that she kept banging on about. It's definitely very 80s flavoured. So, I th- it's a smash. It's another smash for her. And I think the album's going to be great. I listened to the, she did, like, a TikTok live and she played things from the record. Yeah. And the Rena Sawayama part in her collab sounds just unbelievable. Yes, bring it on. Very you know what excited. I watched just briefly because I know we don't like to, you know, spend 15 minutes on each of these songs. We do have a whole album to talk about. Um, yeah. I watched last night for the first time and I regret not watching it earlier. Mark Ronson's Watch the Sound on Apple oh, TV+. I still haven't watched it. <gasps> You'll love it. It's really? the first episode. You've watched This Is Pop on Netflix, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first episode is also about auto-tune and the history of auto-tune. Oh. And it was very interesting the way they And is both... Charlie in it? Charlie's in it. Um, who's in Okay, it's an insane cast of people. Um, yeah. It's T-Pain again, he's in it. The inventor of auto-tune's in it again, telling the exact same story. Um, oh. Charlie's in it. Ariel Rechide's in it. King Princess is in it. And then at the end, Mark records his own vocal for the first time using auto-tune. Um, just to see if he can uh, also become I did a great hear singer. That song, yeah, it's it's amaz- It's a really great episode, and the storytelling's really amazing in it. And like, there's this one bit with um the world's first AI pop star, uh, Yuna, I think her name is, or Yona, Yona. Um, yeah, and like Mark does like an interview with her, and then she makes a song based on all of Mark's lyrics meshed together and using auto-tune to create the melody and oh, stuff. Oh, that's and it's so just, good. It's really good. So it's definitely worth right, a watch. I'll I only listen. got through one I'll episode. pop it on the list. Yeah. Watch the sound on Apple TV Plus, another one of our major sponsors. Oh, Apple TV Plus. God. I love Apple right. TV Plus. Well, there's there's two shows I watch on Apple TV Plus. That and... Um, and The Morning Show. The Morning Show, which is oh. getting more and more chaotic and ridiculous by the episode. So ridiculous. <laughs> Have you, are you on? up to date? <laughs> Yeah, I'm up to date. It's getting really crazy. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> None of this is realistic. It was so realistic in the first season. And now it's just... I know. The first season was so good. And this one is like a soap opera. It's so but I can't stop watching oh, I can't so stop I'm not going to stop watching it It's so good <laughs> Also Bradley right. Jackson is the most unlikable character I've ever seen in a television show <sighs> There's there's <laughs> barely one for... that you can gravitate towards oh, They're all so unlikable But of course so bad. Friday I'll be watching the next episode I felt bad for Steve Carell being the one that was the most likable How is oh. that possible? <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> Shit that happened in season one with his character. Anyway, if you haven't watched the episode, this is boring. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Okay, Chloe, new trick is the next bop or flop. 
if you've forgotten that's the game we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another another great song from Chloe, who I think is possibly one of those pop stars that's been meaning to break. If the borders were open, probably would have broken overseas already. Yeah. Um, the music has just been so strong every single time. Um, the visuals are really there. She's an artist with some conviction and one that definitely knows who she is and what she wants to say. Um, yeah. You know, we, we know a lot about her already and about the story, but it all comes in a package that's not boring and, and really, you know, exciting. And you look forward to a Chloe song, I feel. Yeah. Um, which for the kind of other Australian, you know, main pop girls, um, I don't know if you do kind of... I, I, wouldn't say she, I wouldn't say she's quite at main pop girl status for Australia yet, but like... She's no, very much on the But she should be. I would Absol- yeah. I would go out and say she's the best one. Yeah, she's moment, she's absolutely up opinion. there. Um so yeah, bop from me. Can't fault it. Yeah, definite bop from me. So so good. Her string of releases recently have been so good. And yeah, I think it's only a matter of time until she really breaks. Now that everything's opening yeah. back up, she can probably hit her stride. Yeah. Next bop or flop, Post Malone and The Weeknd with one right now. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> um, I, I actually, it, it's so, I'm in so many minds about this song because like my, yeah. my, my Post Malone, I always attack with um, a sense of, of uh, dubiousness. And yep. the last one, that rock... What was that? Not, no, Rockstar wasn't it. I liked Oh, uh, Motley Crue. Oh, my was God. It? That was straight was to the bin. Atrocious. Um, but there's something about this. I think there's a nice little melting between the two. Posty yeah. on that kind of pop tip again, I think, makes a lot of sense. I'd like to see another couple of, you know, another big pop record from, from Post Malone. Because um, yeah. I'm, I'm quite a... Yeah, I really like when he's in that space. Um, and do. I think... It, you know, it's not full the week. It's not full weekend sound, but it's a nice melting pot between the two. Um, I think it'll be a big radio song for the summer. So yeah, it, it's a bop. It's not not a not setting my world on fire, but definitely a bop. Yeah, I really like it. Very like this '80s thing is really coming on full force at the moment with all yeah. these like big commercial singles coming through. I'm I'm like generally not really that interested in what Post Malone's doing, but he sounds great on this and he mm. he does tackle a pop hook very well. So yep. I'm going to give this one a bop as well. These are all bops so far. Silk Sonic, Smoking Out the Window, bop or flop? Absolute bop. I think... Such a bop. Can't believe we still only have three songs from Silk Sonic, but they're all fucking incredible. Well, the album's only got nine songs on it and one of them is a short intro. I feel like we're never going to get another album from them as well, hey? No. Like, I feel like it. we'll get one Silk Sonic album the locked because it's a lockdown project, and then yeah. we'll never get anything else. And to be honest, if it's all at the quality That's of fine. these three songs, I can deal with it. I can deal with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there's something just so wonderfully tangible and present about Silk Sonic, you know, and it's obviously got those retro, you know, influences, but it all feels very organic and... Nothing feels done before. Like it, it all just feels like it flows beautifully and and original. It's incredibly original music. So yeah, yeah I, I really I really gravitated towards this this project, and I think this is another really really strong song. I still reckon sm- um, skate is the best. Like that just do you? Me. I that was just, just hit me on another level. That's the worst one. No. Hit me on another level. I love that oh, song. I feel I really like their cheek and like charisma and leave the door. Oh, leave the 
lights something leaves no leave the door open yeah leave the door open and this one like i feel like they really bounce off each other and really like go almost too far too cheesy where escape was a lot cooler but yeah they're all good when is the album it's this friday oh it's this friday yeah i thought yeah i woke up thinking the album was out when Smoke It Out the Window came out, I thought that was yeah. going to be the single for the album. The album yeah, was done. Yeah, so did I. Because they did a heap of press nah. last week as well with it. Um, nah, but it's this week. Cool. And yeah, mark my words, one album and done. And then it's back to Bruno oh, definitely. and Andy doing definitely. their own thing, dominating the world again, individually. Yeah. Okay, Omar Apollo, Bad Life, Feet Kali Uchis. Um, Give you a moment to finish your tea. Sorry, I just wanted to have the final bit of tea because it's on the precipice of getting too lukewarm to be enjoyable yeah, anymore. Yeah. Um, I. It's hard calling this a bop because it's not like a tradition. It's not a bop. Yeah. But it's a very fucking good song. Um, and I think Omar and Carly. <laughs> it's a bop. It's a bop. <laughs> um, it's a it's a bop. A whisper bop. Um, I think these two make so much sense together, and. I'm just obsessed with Omar at the moment, and he's just coming into his own. He's, he's found so himself. good. He really is, isn't he? He's going to be got such an identity as an artist, as does Carly. It's funny coming out of um, talking about Silk Sonic because I still remember the one time I saw Omar live. I went, "This is the fucking next Bruno Mars." Like the kids, really? Got it. The kids, yeah, got I can it. see that. He's just got. It. He's got the charisma, the swagger, the moves, and the fucking yeah. voice, and the songs, yeah. and the songwriting, and the honesty, and the lyricism, and yeah, I think he's a very special artist. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a bop from me, but only because like it's just a good song from me. It's a good song. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, echo your thoughts completely. Uh, the next one is Little Mix Between Us. Wow, we've had bops all the way so far, and then I'm unfortunately going to have to um, you can't change course. Give little mix a four. Change tactic. Yes, you can. This is a this is not a very good song from them, and it's come way too quickly after all the bullshit that's been going on over the last couple of months between them and their ex member Jesse Nelson. The the little mix dream of a decade, and I've been one of their. I've been a massive massive fan of this band. I've seen them live yeah. so many times. I think some of the songs are just excellent moments in british pop history um but the mojo is gone the charisma is gone that this is a middle of the road mid-tempo ballad well it's boring as batshit it is for a greatest hits collection so they're not gonna save they're not gonna roll out their best material however you should hear one of the song that's songs that's coming out it's called cut you off and it's gotta be written about jesse I heard about this. I haven't heard the song, but I've heard about it. It's got to be. It's a great song. And actually, this song is the worst one on it. Um, There's two MNEK ones that are coming that are are really good. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's out on Friday. Well, yeah, I will take this as a... This is a a not good moment from Little Mix, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, but don't write them off. No, okay. Uh, no, I won't write them off. Well, you but were. I do think we might be coming to the end of the Little Mix cycle. Because no, I, think I that... hope not. I feel like we could get one good album from them as a three. I just I just think oh, there's something It's not like Jessie ever gave much. She was always just there having a whinge. Oh, my God. 
See, I'm clenching my fist. Like <laughs> Jade's in. always been the best one. I agree. But Jesse gave a lot. Jesse was very oh, Jesse was responsible for some very important moments. And they're all wonderful human beings. But this is a flop. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Okay. Well, I agree with you, but I'm gonna go bop just to even the score. Oh my god. <laughs> Finally! We've arrived at our album for this one. I think you talking, just going off on tangents, is your way of avoiding fully embracing your Baroque pop moment, which is what you're going to have to do. (laughs) And don't pretend you're too cool for this, because I told you last week I was going to call you out if you started buying bullshit on vinyl, and then I'm scrolling Twitter, and I see that you're a bloody Smiths fan now. I heard a Smith You sound like me when I was 15. I, I got through Morrissey's song. gigantic autobiography <laughs> pretending <laughs> pretending well, I was like that. I know he's a turd of a bloke, so I have no interest in the work of Morrissey himself, but I yeah. have realised I quite like the band. I heard, the, the ABC radio, who I listen to, because I don't like commercial <laughs> radio, even though I work in the industry, um, have been and do playing, a bloody pop podcast. Play the Smiths. <laughs> Like the Smiths every now and then. I'm like, oh, this is good. Oh, I think I might like this band. Shit. <laughs> it's too bad. much. We're going back to Florence. This is too okay, much. Florence. This is a whole I'm other sorry. conversation. I promise I'm not doing tangents because I want to preface now by saying going back to this album, it's so fucking good. I really loved it. It is, isn't it? There's some amazing moments on there. I mean, like, let's just talk about where Florence was at at this time because you're completely right by saying she was in that Regina Spector kind of thing, but the UK was going through this strange um, moment at that time, which was, I mean, we spoke about it a bit with Adele on the first episode, but it was Mm. like they were trying to break all these artists as kind of major big selling artists but they still had to be alternative so you had like Adele, Duffy, um, Florence, you have Marina and the Diamonds, Lily Allen like they all wanted them to have big pop hits but they had to have this like element of cool to them and Florence's first record Lungs was very much like that it was quite unhinged it was quite raw Um, and I think You've Got the Love which is obviously a cover came as this kind of surprise hit and really launched her to this other level where suddenly she was competing in the main pop world, but she wasn't really a main pop girl. Yeah. And Ceremonials is definitely big and pop-leaning, but it's certainly not the kind of record that in 2011 was going to put you in the same arena as, like, Rihanna or Beyonce or, like, any of those really big pop people. So it's a strange record, and it often feels like it's battling itself in some way. Um, And I definitely felt that there was some negativity surrounding it when it first was released. But going back on it now, 10 years later, I'm like, this is a, like, bloody ambitious and very cohesive album. It is. It's incredibly cohesive, and if anything, if there's any criticism of it, maybe it's a little bit too same-same at points. Um, you kind of know what you're getting into with every song and, you know, every song is sort of broadened out to uh, about as broad and big and sort of arena ready as humanly possible. It's gigantic. It's huge. (laughs) But I think that suits Florence's style very well. Um, There's so much layering that goes on with her voice in this album and, um, you know, she's very loud and there's very few of those softer moments 
um, on there. And I really like that. Um, you, I think you're so right in that it's kind of battling itself at points as well. But I think as well, we've got to remember the context of something like a Rihanna and Beyonce in that they were yeah. kind of doing that sort of, I don't want to say more gimmicky pop at the, at the time, um, because, yeah. you know, you, you definitely had, you know, ballady bigger moments from, from both of those kind of pop stars. But, you know, you also had Rihanna doing things like Rude Boy and, um, you know, Beyonce doing Single Ladies, which obviously had yeah. a bit of a sort of novelty factor to it as well. Um, yeah. And was I did, sort of- I'm like, I think like this album is definitely not commercial. Like it doesn't sound like a pop album at all. I don't think. No. And then when she had those sort of moments that sort of did break through, um, they found their own lane really. And I think she was really yeah. only competing with Adele and, and maybe Duffy, if you consider, you know, Mercy to be um, the smash that it was at the time. Um yeah, I, I think she she found a lane that worked for her and, and she did manage to kind of start to creep into the mainstream zeitgeist um, yeah. and did a very good job of it around the world and I think did a, a better job than those artists we've talked about, like Regina, who have definitely had crossover potential, but I don't think ever, you know, got unweird enough to make that happen. What do you think, like, the motivation behind this album is? Like, do you think that she was turning it in and thinking like, I think I might have a few hits on here? I think so. I think there's yeah. a few very obvious kind of pop songs on there. Yeah. And they really are, you know, they are the ones that sort of did actually start to break through. And then obviously yeah. there was that, you know, that a couple of excellent sort of crossover moments with um, with Spectrum and also You've Got the Love, the Dizzy Rascal you know, version of the Brits that year that kind of, you know, made her cool in other circles as well. So I think there were some really fun and exciting moments that happened off the back of this album and with this album. Um, And if you look back at the core of those records before they were, you know, chopped and changed by those, those kinds of artists, um, you know, I think they were still really intact, really strong pop songs. And you see a few more of those scattered throughout the album as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think she was turning it in with, with good ambition, and obviously having Paul Epworth on on board to produce it, um, you know, who was pretty, you know, capable of of making a hit and broadening something out to be a hit, um, definitely allowed for that. I think, like as I said, the only the only thing that you can kind of criticise this record for sonically is that you have too many samey sounding songs that maybe don't have too yeah. much um, depth to them at points. I mean, she she said, talking about it, I think it's about succumbing and being completely overwhelmed by something that's bigger than everything. So it's like about just completely embracing that feeling of love and heartbreak at its most extreme, and which really hits at some points. Like, there are some really, really huge emotional climaxes in this album. Mm. But then I kind of agree with this review from from Pitchfork, where they basically said that at times it felt like she was just screaming for an hour. And it does. Like, <laughs> what, by the time you get to Heartlines, which I think is one of the best songs on the album. Yeah. But it's so big and the production is so weighty and so ginormous that when you've consumed the whole record like that, it's quite difficult to take that all in and it starts to lose its emotional edge in some way because it is just so big and i did notice this sorry you go sorry heartlines feels like it was made with a stadium in mind as well absolutely like i mean so much of this album 
is yeah. festival ready. And, so true. and I think a number of reviews do say that this album will sound amazing in a festival, but in like a personal listening session, it's too much if it's not broken up. And I did find today that like listening back to it, Shake It Out, I find to be like one of the like best pop songs of the last kind of 10 to 20 years. Totally. And it hits, it just hits you in the gut when you hear it. It's the only the second track on here and it really, really smacks you. And then you get What the Water Gave Me, Never Let Me Go, Breaking Down, Lover to Lover. And it's like that kind of pocket <laughs> of the album is so good. And then it just keeps going bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just started to find myself becoming less affected by it in some way. That's it. The novelty wears off, doesn't it? Of the yeah. size and grandiosity, grand, grandiosity grandeur of these songs yes at a point you go okay we know you can do this you don't need to keep proving it maybe just sit down with a piano for a minute yeah exactly give us a little strip back ballad and it's something she learned on the records that followed this one because they were quite stripped back in comparison but this was like a blockbuster cinema moment from start to finish and it's interesting yeah she says that she did want to make it like Baz Lerm- like the soundtrack to Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. And that you can kind of aim the same criticism as ba- at Baz Luhrmann in like The Great Gatsby or in Australia. Um, like he doesn't know how to show any restraint. And so what's impressive at the start becomes exhausting by the end, yeah. I think. Yeah, exactly. It- it's... I can't talk about Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann version, though, without telling you my Romeo and Juliet story, um, which I don't know if I've told on this podcast or my old podcast, but when we watched it in high school, the TV we watched it on was broken and the only colours that came through were blue and green. So I thought the whole movie was in blue and green and I didn't actually know there was any it was any different that it was a full colour movie until, like, two years later. I thought it was just, like, a psychedelic effect that Baz was going for. And when the drug scene happens, like, five minutes in, when Leo, when Romeo takes the pill, um, yeah. I presumed that the whole movie was meant to be meant like a psychedelic trip. And so that's my memory of Baz Luhrmann's... I mean, maybe Florence could have um, benefited from... Only the blue and green being left in this album and it not being in full colour. That's it. And I think, you know, there's a lesson in light and shade to be learned from from both because that because Romeo and Juliet is just go, 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 go from fucking start to finish. Oh, yeah. And the same is absolutely to be said about this. I do want to... I, I, I'm not 100%. That's not 100% true, though, because then you've got something as bloody awful as Seven Devils, mm. which... What oh my sh- god! What were we thinking there? So like, bad. It just ruins. It's it. like the album just hits a complete halt at that moment. Yeah. Actually, yeah, goes on. That's where you needed the little like strip back ballad. When yep. I'm looking at the track list, if you had that, because no light, no light is massive. Heartlines yep. is massive. Give us the strip back ballad there, so we yep. can collect our thoughts, take a deep breath. And then get hit with another, like, four (laughs) gigantic songs, including All This and Heaven Too, which at points feels like it's going to (laughs) break the volume limit. I'm like, I can't turn the volume down enough on my computer for that song. It just keeps going higher. Fucking great song, though. Great song. And so many of these live are just so affecting. Yeah. And nobody does grandeur. 
better Tell me your history Florence. with Florence in a, in a live capacity. I saw her... I've seen her a few times. I saw her at the Enmore Theatre when she was doing... She was doing Lungs here. That's about and a, I remember a 2000 seeing, seater in Sydney for those unaware. Yeah, for those of you who don't know. Um, and she, like Dog Days, I remember just being one of the most like wonderful live experiences ever. Yeah. And then I watched that video of her doing it at Glastonbury over and over and over and over again and kind of dreamt at se- of seeing her at a major festival. And I saw her at Coachella the year she broke her foot. And she jumped off the stage, <laughs> broke her foot, kept running, that. had no bloody idea that she'd broken it. I think she was a <laughs> steaming drunk at this point too. <laughs> 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 um, and like the festival moments are just so good. And then I saw her at Splendour in the Grass. You may have been there too. And it was an unbelievable set. Like yeah. she had, she was on her third album by that stage. Dog Days was incredible. Shake It Out was just like absolutely like amazing. I mean, I'm trying I'm running out of adjectives here to describe her life because I yeah. really am adamant on the fact that she is the greatest festival headliner around right now Quite and kind remarkable. of hasn't been utilized to her strengths. The fact that she only headlined um Glastonbury because the bloody Foo Fighters pulled out <laughs> is remarkable to me because all these songs are tailor-made for festivals and I don't think you can find a festival moment that's better than hearing Dog Days or Shake It Out Live. Oh, it's so special. I am just having a look at the lineup for that year of Splendor, and I don't know if I was there. I feel like... Oh, no, I was! Because that was the year that years and years' equipment didn't show up. Yeah, definitely and the year that Mark Ronson played in the rain as well. That's right. And I didn't see Mark Ronson, nor did I see Florence. Oh, they were two of the all-time <laughs> Splendor moments. I did see Peking Duck, though. So yeah, I know okay. exactly what you would have been doing. And I you would have sec- been in Gold Bar. Hang <laughs> <laughs> it was my first... I think it was my first Splendor. It was my first year in the Gold Bar. Let a boy live. Gold Bar talking shit to whoever would listen. Yep. Um, <laughs> who else played that year? Um, uh, Urban Cone, the great Swedish band, played. And Megan Washington came out and yes. performed the toe blow bit of their big hit. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a moment, guys. Um, Azealia Banks played that year as well, and I remember I was like second from the front row, and that's when the big—that's when my fight with Azealia happened a couple of days later. Um, oh yes, when she, yeah, when the- she called the crowd belligerent and told me to stay in my lane. <laughs> Which was fair in hindsight, uh, but back to Florence. <laughs> back, back to back Florence. To, well, Let's, my just on the live tip, real quick. Um, yeah, my, yeah. My first live, my only live experience with Florence. I didn't even have a ticket. Um, I went to a production of Velvet at the Sydney Opera House, um, starring Brendan McLean and Marsha Hines. Um, it was like a oh yes, very, yeah, I do I remember, remember that. It was like a disco. It was amazing. It was yeah. fucking great. Like very Studio Fifty Four vibe. Went to that, and then as we were walking out, um, she was playing at the forecourt the same night. Oh my god! On the steps of the Opera House, of the most iconic building in Sydney. In the, I think it was raining. I was as there well. at that show too. I thought you would. I'm been. a real fan now. I yeah, oh. You're a big mega stan. We so cool we, off. but we heard and could see enough, and it, I think it was the encore that we we walked out just as she was jumping on to do encore, um, yeah. And she just started playing "Shake It Out," and it was amazing. Oh. It was an incredible moment, and I went, "Fuck! I want to go to a 
Florence concert. Yeah, you. Is that your only experience? Yeah. Oh, you have to see her. She's (laughs) unbelievable. Well, hopefully we get some more time. Now, shall we play the song game? Let's play the song game. This song game this week, we forgot to do it last week. (laughs) Apologies for anyone who hangs out for this one. Um, The song game this week is Florence versus Artists from the Great Gatsby soundtrack. I like so that. this album gives me very Baz Luhrmann vibes, as it yep. did Florence too, and she's on the Great Gatsby soundtrack. So I've pulled artists from that, but not the songs from it, just okay, the artists. Yep. So the first one is Florence and the Machines' Never Let Me Go, which was only a hit in Australia because it featured on a Home and Away commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Versus Lana Del Rey's video game. Now, my thoughts on Lana are well stamped on this podcast. Yeah. Um, this is actually a very difficult one because I know the appeal of Never Let Me Go and it's definitely a very... It, it hits. But video games... What? I also know the appeal of video games. And the more I think about it, I think video games is a more affecting song for me. Yeah. Out of two very affecting songs. Um, and it definitely is in my, in my Lana Del Rey whitelist. Um, so I'm actually going to go Lana on this one. Wow, there we go. This mm. is the first inroads into me getting a Lana episode. <laughs> <laughs> Five we'll seasons and we haven't done one. <laughs> She's like the ultimate flop star. I know. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll pass that one for we'll season six. Um, yeah, hit me with your thoughts. I, I actually completely agree with you. Mm. Both um, great emotive ballads, but I think that video games just strikes a little more, perhaps because it is like the bare boned yep. ballad that um, Florence really needed on this album. So I'm gonna go Lana. I mean, yep. also video games is like one of the one of the great songs of this oh, millennium. So it was always gonna kind of tower above. Yeah. Never Let Me Go, which doesn't even really rank in Florence's top Absolute, five. But, yeah, it's a remarkable um, song. Sorry to Florence for that. Next one is Florence's Shake It Out. Versus Beyonce's XO, which I think do kind of similar things as songs. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're, sl- they're kind of like slow, but big at the same time. Big, yeah. Um... I'm like controversially the self-titled is my favorite Beyonce album. Um, there's just I so don't think many... that's too controversial. No, well, everyone like I everyone's think it's like, a oh, great Lem- one. Lemonade's a masterpiece, I and know, I agree. But they're lying. I think <laughs> everyone likes the self-titled one more. Just because you made a video for every single song on the album doesn't mean it's amazing. Of did course, she do that for Beyonce as well? <laughs> um, she might have. I think she did. I think she did actually, yeah. Now I think about it. Um there's just so many great, like gushy, wonderful love songs on um on Beyonce. Um and Exo's just very yeah, it hits my heart on a very beautiful level. Shake It Out is a little bit more sort of joyous and, you know, exciting and up tempo and, and and pompous. This is actually a really hard one. Um It is hard. My heart wants to say Beyonce. Um, but is Shake It Out actually the better song of the two? And, oh, Sam, I'm really struggling with this one. 
Do you can want you me go, to go? Can I get your thoughts you? while I process? Yeah. I think they both have very similar big rousing choruses. Mm. I just think Shake It Out hits me in the gut a little bit more than EXO does. It's a little less polished, a little more raw, yeah. and it goes bigger at the end in the final yep. bridge, whereas I don't think EXO does so much. So I'm going to go Shake It Out by a hair. I all this I give you everything Baby, love me lights out In I the dark can't... of night Ow! Ow! And that's the thing and Versus Florence Wow! You know, you've got great <laughs> O moments on both This is so difficult I think my heart's telling me Beyonce XO Oh my gosh It's what, by a hair? It's again, it's by a hair So Okay Just like you, just like right. you but on the other way all right, the next one is Florence's Spectrum, the Calvin Harris remix. Verse, Sia's Titanium. That's a hard Sia one. and David Getter. Yeah, Davey please, G. Please like credit Davey G for his work. <laughs> um, that's a very, very difficult one. Um, because Titanium was just such a moment in dance music history and obviously a big moment for Sia as well. Um, but... I think Spectrum still feels very, and Calvin was so very good at making dance music that was, you know, pop as a clock, but also very human at the same time. Um, whereas yeah. the David Guetta one very much feels, you know, it's, it's an incredibly mechanical song. Um, and I think <laughs> Sia did some better stuff with David moving forward. We know you do. We know you're a big fan of um Let's love. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of let's love. <laughs> Wait. No. What were um, you thinking of? What else have they done? I was thinking, I was trying to think, I was thinking Wild Ones, but that was Flo Rida. That wasn't David. Um, mm, that is a good one, though. It is a great song. That's her best hook, I reckon. It's remarkable. Yeah, I agree. I want to shut down the club. A lot of singing on this podcast, and I apologize. Uh, Spectrum. Thank you. That was a long way of getting there. Yeah. I'm, I keep agreeing with you today. This is annoying. I like um, it. Yeah. David Guetta and Sia's Titanium. Great pop song, but could have been lab manufactured. Mm. Whereas Calvin, you're right, is good at bringing out the human in dance music. Mm. Um, not to get, like, too daft punk on you. But, oh, yeah, I've... I'm trying to decide whether I like the original of Spectrum more than the remix, but I'm actually not sure. And I do like Florence on a dance beat, and I'm surprised she didn't. She kind of stopped at this one, but that's well, she did, um, no, she did Sweet Nothing as well. Remember, with another Calvin version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, those are two, both of her biggest hits, so she should have just kept going. She should have. <laughs> Well, it's David like Jr. I always say about Lana Del Rey. Iman Beck. Lana Del Rey's biggest... <laughs> I'm fucking Iman Beck. <laughs> that was a blip on the radar and done. Hey, do a whole Rita Ora EP <laughs> and piss off. Hey, um, he's got a song with Cher Lloyd at the moment. Are you joking? Oh, fuck me. I'll go and have a look at that at some point. Um, no, um, oh, I've lost my train of thought. I had something very funny to I'm say. I'm sorry, you said Sia. Something about Sia. No, don't worry. No, Lana Del Rey. Something about oh, Lana Del Rey. Yeah, La- don't never forget. Lana Del Rey's biggest hit was the Cedric Gervais remix of Summertime Sadness. So, you know, very important to find a man that can remix your songs. 
That'd be my advice to young, to young female pop stars. Find a man to remix. Yeah, so I'm going to go to Olivia Rodrigo and say, just you've just got to find a man to remix hey, you. Iman Beck's available. I'll call up Iman Beck. Find out um, the country extension for Kazakhstan and get him a blower. <laughs> Spectrum, I'm choosing. The final one is Florence's Lover to Lover. Versus the XX's Angels. Um, I was trying to find a, a song that was quite um, contained on ceremonials to go up against the XX, but yeah. it was a hard choice. That's a hard one. Um, do you like either of these songs? Though? Yes, I do. I like both of them, but I particularly like the XX, and that's a whole okay. like moment in pop history that we need to unpack at some stage um, in indie pop. Maybe we, we should do a whole um, season about obscure indie artists. Flop. We really should. Flop Tepids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Flindies. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Live from Flinders Street Station (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go the XX Just based on I think Lover to Lover is great But it's just To me it's another Florence song Um, And I think Angels is a really beautiful moment From the XX record Yeah Lover to Lover is a very necessary moment on ceremonials. True. I actually really like it. I think it's a great song. Lover to Lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... um, so a lot of singing today. We, we really apologise. There's but a lot yeah, of singing the, on this album, you see. The <laughs> XX's Angels feels so sincere. And actually, maybe this may be the biggest problem with ceremonials is that at times it's so big that it feels insincere when I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. Whereas That's Angels is so contained and so feels so sincere. And yeah. it really gets at you, even though the, the vocals are basically a whisper. Um, but yeah. I actually read this Guardian review. I want to see if it's still here. It's that one day critically acclaimed, commercially successful pop artist will aspire to make a record that sounds small. Which is so funny because that's like everyone now. <laughs> when you think of like Billie yeah. Eilish, um, Livy Rods, like all of them, the thing is not big anymore. Whereas at this time it was like, how much bigger can you go? Like, I dare you, go bigger. Add another, <laughs> add another it. chorus. You can do add it. Add a second chorus. Go up and one more harmony. <laughs> one more harmony. <laughs> Just keep going. The louder, the better. It was like the talent show days when it was like you had to have that note that was going to win you the competition and like everything had to be big. And now it's like completely the opposite where everything is so like quaint and contained. It's really true. It's really true. And, you know, it might go the other way again at some point. Someone might just go, I want to make the most grandiose, ridiculous album of my life. It's interesting to think about how Florence fits in now because she, her thing is definitely not quaint. But since this album, she's stripped it back quite a lot. Yep. Like, I wonder if she'll ever get her moment to just like really wail again. And like, what does the future look like for Florence? I think she will, but I think she's learnt the value of light and shade. 
in a record yeah. and giving people that breathing room to take in those enormous moments because you really do need a you need a break. You yeah. need to go get a glass of water after every song. Can you imagine singing these songs like 12 in a row? She's never going to do no. one of those tours where you sing this album from start to finish because she will literally <laughs> rupture along. Well, that's a, like, she can't do a 10-year anniversary tour. You know, a lot of artists There's will no tour way. an album and play There's a start no to finish. Way. Not a She could do like a um, Vegas jazz residency where she plays this in full. Maybe that's her only chance. <laughs> She plays, in, but she plays them as jazz shake standards. Shake it out, shake it out. Shake it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the future for Florence and the Machine. Yeah, I, I mean, look forward to it. I do like an artist who kind of learns their lessons and moves on to the next record, taking it on board. And I think she herself could tell that like this was just so big and she needed to not dial it back a bit, but as you said, find some light and shade. And the yeah. next record... How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful, I think nailed the Florence formula. It's her best record by a yep. mile, in my opinion. And then the following album, she stripped it back even more and everyone was like, mm, too much, too much. Put some, put some things back on. <laughs> exactly. Add some layers to it. And now it's been four years, I suppose, since... Has it really? Four yeah. years since a Florence album. Four years so maybe she Paris has Hope. no idea what to do either. Possibly. I mean, what's her life look like at the moment? Well, she's sober now. She went okay. sober after How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. What was she What was she on? Um, I think just lots of drinks. She was saying that she used to just go straight to the martinis, the dirty martinis, because they were uh, like a triple shot of vodka in one, or I alcohol in one. I certainly get it. I certainly understand I love it. a martini, and I read that, and I'm like... Yeah, oh. exactly. Um, no, I, I look forward to, like... I, I feel like maybe she's got, like, a... You know, what What do you think the next album sounds like? Because to me, I think like a Kate Bush kind of Bjorky, sort of weird, loud, whaley pop record is on the way. Yeah. But maybe some of the yeah. instrumentation's not as sort of like, um, you know, not as sort of soulful as it has been in the past. I think it's strange. Yeah. Because even Kate Bush has never really made a record that's this pop like mm. like in terms of melody and like traditional structure yeah so i feel like florence now is gonna kind of run wild in whichever way she wants to and it's yep. it's funny that she didn't really give the kind of pop thing another chance after this like she yep. never really competed on the charts again even though like this album did pretty well it didn't really have a huge song until spectrum with calvin harris but it didn't yep. like it didn't do badly considering she's technically like an alternative pop pop artist but i think she's just done with that now she's not going to but i feel like she could have done with one more album just to like get her to that i'm headlining every festival stage like if she'd had one more big pop album with one more big pop smash there would have been no question about it whereas here she's entering into this kind of like her her more um I guess, experimental phase. Yeah, and I welcome that with open arms and I look forward to it. But I think it's interesting in terms of, like, its flop status because, yes, it debuted at number one in the UK, this record, but it was also only the, it was only the 22nd best-selling album of the year. So it's one of those yeah. tepid, you know, She's number not in ones. the Adele. No, she's more no, on the not Anthony... Not that anybody's in the Adele. She's <laughs> more on the Anthony Kalia side, this, <laughs> who, who went number one. Uh, by selling, I believe, something like 600 records, um, which essentially were probably slow all wake. bought You've by his record label. You've got to find your label. slow wake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Record label example, just put more out five. Don't release an album next week if you're after a number one. No, that would not be advised. <laughs> week after Christmas, great time. Drop it out, you'll get number one. <laughs> um, just quick, just quickly while I'm while we're talking about next week's uh, big records, is it Adele's next week? Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I just love that she literally booked out every vinyl factory in the world <laughs> so no, no one else can get vinyls printed. <laughs> she is solely responsible for vinyls being delayed for every artist in the world right now. And it's so funny to me. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Just not, nah, it's a Dale love. Have you got any more vinyl printed. spots left? They'd be like, oh no, sorry. We're, we're uh, currently printing Beach House's album. And she'd like, nah, love, push that one back. Beach House. Come on, Dale, got half a mil. Come on, come on. You know me. I'll sell records. I'll sell records. You know. <laughs> she is now Queen Elizabeth II. <laughs> All right, give me a game. We're really rabbiting on. Why this don't we do like it? Our longest one well, ever. do we want it? Because I didn't want. Because mine's a song game, so I didn't want to do like song game. Back song, game song, song game, song game. So do you want to do yours? Well, do you want to do mine first? Why don't we do yeah. yours first? Yeah, I moved him in the that run sheet. That sounds great. For that particular situations. It's nice to know you've got your attention to detail on today. Well, I didn't. I don't look at the run <laughs> sheet live. I'm do in the I don't even know why. I I'm giving that. the people my point. full, my heart, my soul. <laughs> My game is called Florence or Florence. You need to tell me if the quote I'm reading out is about Florence the city or Florence the person. So funny. I literally read this and went, I bet this will be a thing where he reads out something about the city or the person. No ideas in your ideas. Don't remember. I put a lot of work into this. I had to read through a lot of best quotes about Florence the city. Okay, tell me. Because I've never been to Florence, but I believe I'll be going to Florence next year. So, or around, or surrounds. So, yeah, kind of close. Yeah, well, kind I guess of close. you could get, pop on a train up there. I have no particular um, interest okay. in doing so. The first one is akin to looking at a skyline filled with a hundred story behemoths lined up one after the other, blocking out everything but their own size. Holy shit, that's so good. And with with minimal knowledge of the city, I'm not sure if it's particularly built, you know, built up and and like that I get the sense it's not I get the sense it's cobblestone streets and old men sitting outside drinking coffee wearing um, uh, Ben Sherman polo shirts <laughs> I reckon this is about the record because it absolutely does that it's it's so grandiose it blocks its own magic sometimes you are correct yes. that's pitchfork about ceremony. I've heard two very good quotes from that Pitchfork re- um, review. Who wrote it? Because it's very good. Uh, I don't know, but I'll find out. That's some great writing. And we'll give them a shout out. Give me the next one. Okay, the next one is... Everything about Florence seems to be coloured with a mild violet, like d- diluted wine. Oh, covered with a mild violet? Um... Diluted wine. Well, I don't think it's anything diluted about Florence the Human or, Flor- or the records from Florence the Human. So I'm going to say this is about the city for sure. That is. That is Henry James writing about Florence in 1869. Nice. You're doing very well so far. Nice. I'm happy with this. I always suck at this game. Okay, the next one is the energy of Florence is indescribable, overflowing with charm, teeming with life. Energy of Florence is indescribable. Charm, 
filled with life, filled with life. Oh, this is so difficult. You've chosen some very good quotes here. Um, I'm going to go flowing, flowing with joy. I reckon another review, I think this is the city again. Ah, you're right. Yes. You're doing so well. Oh my God. I need to get everything right. Okay. How many, how many are there in total? Um, I'm going to give you five. Okay. So we've got two more to go. The next one is watching those college art bands, mm-hmm. watching people drunk and wild and baptizing each other. Watching people drunk and wild and baptizing each other. Um, those college art bands. I'm going to say this is about Florence, the woman slash the album and, and how it feels at points. You're right. You're oh right my again. god, I love this. Okay, if I can do a clean sweep here, I'm a fucking hero. <laughs> um, okay. Final one is with Florence, death seems at once less fearsome and more glamorous. Death seems at once less fearsome and more glamorous. Um okay, so I reckon this could be about the feeling of Death feels death. You don't talk about death when you talk about a city. Also, oh, this you? could be about. This isn't uh, all about ceremonials. Just FYI. Okay, that's even better. Well, I think this might be about maybe um, something borrowed, something blue, or whatever the album's called. Um, we go <laughs> Florence the <laughs> Florence the singer. That is about Florence the city. No, uh, you tripped up on the last Fuck. one. So good. So close. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, nonetheless. They were, they were very good. They were very good. God, those were hard to find. Oh, and you did a great job. That was some good research. One of them, the the energy of Florence is indescribable. One that was actually written by just a university alumni who had <gasps> gone over there on exchange and written a quote. I don't know how I came across. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impressed with that. That was great. <laughs> Um, should we just jump into because we've been going for an hour and a bit, so should we just jump into yeah, the let's final jump game in. and then do our little wrap up? Um, yeah, mine is "Shake It Out" or another shake. It's a song game. Basically, okay. it's going to be pitting Florence songs against songs with "shake" in the title or lyrics to celebrate yep. the many great uses of the verbiage Shakers. of "shake." So yeah, yeah. I could you could have also called this um, "movers and shakers" or "shake it like a Polaroid picture." Um, or shake it, shake it on. Um, anyway, let's do it. Okay. Um, thank so you. let's start. We don't need to workshop. Life. Let's start with shake it out, which obviously we've discussed is a really kind of iconic moment of the whole decade, let alone yeah. this artist and this album. Versus another iconic moment of that decade, you can already guess it. Taylor Swift, shake it off. Oh, I didn't even think of that one. Mm. Um. I mean, I used to love Shake It Off, but I don't I don't really, like, think about it much anymore. Yeah. In fact, I don't even think I really like it much anymore. Really? So, I'm going to go Shake It Out, Florence. Okay. It's one for Florence. I feel like with Shake It yeah. Off these days, now that we... I always, I put it in the same fucking world as me. Yeah, Taylor. me too. It's, Definitely. It's a ch- children's song. Um, yeah. Okay, good one, good one. Next one, I think you'll find quite difficult. Apologies, just had to cough. Um, sweet nothing 
Florence Calvin Harris remix of Sweet Nothing yeah. versus Shake It by Metro Station. Oh. The seminal classic. Oh, na, 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 na. oh God, that's really mm. hard. I know. I really like both of the songs. Whoa. Whoa. I'm going to go Shake It, Metro Station. Wow. That's big, and you can afford that because of the san- the sanctity of the of the Florence brilliance is all ruined, but not ruined, but it's broken by Calvin. So, yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, great one. Next is gonna be, and you referred to this earlier as a as a necessary moment on ceremonials. Um, yeah, lover to lover versus yeah. Hey Ya yeah. by Outcast. Oh, shake it like a Polaroid mm-hmm. picture. Um, I mean, it sounds so ridiculous to choose lover to lover over Hey Ya, like one of the Goliaths of pop music in the last <laughs> hey, twenty years. Hey, lover to lover is important. Years. Important moment. I, I mean, it's important to the album. I wouldn't say it's that important to pop music in general. Mm. I've got to go Hey Ya, even though if I was sitting Huge. like. And trying to choose one to listen to, like on my own, I would definitely listen to Lover to Lover yeah. over Hey Ya. But I've still got to go Hey Ya. Florence is losing at the moment. Oh, um, fuck. This isn't good. Next one is going to be, I'll do five so we can find it if we need to find it, a, a tiebreaker. A um, yeah. Heartlines, the big stadium moment from Ceremonials versus Shake That by Eminem and Nate Dogg. Ah, oh, easy. Hate. Can't stand Eminem. Would never choose an Eminem <laughs> song. It's definitely... Okay. It's a tiebreaker. We find ourselves in a tiebreaker, and now I need to find a fifth, and I think I've got it. Um, okay. <laughs> this will be good. Um, let's go with Ship to Wreck by Florence. Yes. Yeah. From... Um, something old, something new, something, something borrowed, borrowed, something blue. Something blue. <laughs> um, versus Shake It by last week's flop star, Charlie XCX, featuring Big Freezer, uh, Cupcake, Brooke Kenny, and Pablo Vuitton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently doing? there's a video, I found this out on the Charlie podcast that yeah. she was doing with King Princess. There's a video where Megan the Stallion is getting ready. And someone plays Shaker, and she goes, "What is this shit? <laughs> Turn it off." <laughs> I need to hear that. <laughs> I love both of them, but "Ship to Wreck" is one of my favourite Florence songs by a mile. So I've got to go "Ship to Wreck" on this one. If Sorry, I, Charlie. That's okay. That's I think she'll forgive you for that. <laughs> what is this shit? Turn it off. <laughs> I tried looking for it. I couldn't find it. That's so funny. Um, that's the song game. It it ended up being Florence three two versus the rest of the Shake It's. Amazing. Incredible. I'm glad she came out on top. Yeah. Well done. All right. Give it. Hit me with your best song, your worst song, and your score out of ten. Um, best song is a difficult decision. Um, but I'm gonna say. It's between Shake It Out and Heartlines, but I'm going to go with Shake It Out. It's just too iconic to forget. So Shake It Out is best. Yeah. As discussed, Seven Devils is the worst by a country mile. Absolutely. Um, and this so album, much. This album's still up there. It's an eight and a half for me. Wow, an eight and a half. Yep. After you were 
You were down on doing it. I wasn't um, down on doing it. You did. You I had a little questioning sword. it. You... Questioning it. <laughs> okay, my favorite two is Shake It Out. Um, but if I had to go for one that's like not main single kind of thing, yeah. I guess I would. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is quite hard, actually. Mm-hmm. I, do, I guess I'd go Heartlines as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I ended okay. up going to Shake then... It Out. No, I know, but if I had to choose one that wasn't Shake It Out. Yeah. Because it's obviously Shake It Out. And then the worst one is definitely Seven Devils. Yeah. I mean, nothing even comes close to being as bad as that song is. <laughs> Five minutes three, it too. It's oh. almost the wor- longest song on the album. Why is it on there? I don't know. We'll write to her and ask. Maybe for the 10th anniversary edition, she could take it off. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, um, and a score, yeah. I think I'm going to go an 8 out of 10. Ooh, strong as well. Yeah. From the stand, yeah. I think maybe I mean, I've got it's a, bit a great of... album. There's just, yeah, you kind of need to experience it, yeah, uh, in blocks rather than the whole thing. So true. Just like flop stars, um, <laughs> no, not like flop stars. Speaking <laughs> of people listening, we've got lots of seasons. <laughs> we do. How do we? How we have heaps of seasons now. When you, you got said lots five seasons, when you said season five at the start of this podcast today, I was like. What I know, it's great. Well, season four was a bit pathetic, to be fair. That's a very good point. Very good point. Season four was our writer's strike, um, our writer's strike season. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your le- what's your least favourite episode we've ever done? Oh, fuck. There's, there's some fucking corkers out there. I'll have to come back to you on that. Um, let me have a look through. What have we got? Oh, the problem is I, I name, when I upload the audio of my end for Sam, I always yeah. put it in a folder that includes a, an in-joke. Some <laughs> of the folders include statues of baby cheeses. That was about <laughs> Lily Allen. Um, yeah. Bitch, I'm Italian. I presume that was Gaga. Give it up for Tanasha yeah. is a folder that I made. I presume <laughs> that's... Um, <laughs> I have a folder called Deceased Aunt. Which I think is about... Oh, we know what that is. I think that's a here. <laughs> um, I have one called Morgan Evans. I don't know what that was about. Sanitarium Soy Milk. Um, Ella, 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 Under My. Don't know what that was about. That was Lord, I think, actually. Harold Holt. Horny Baboons. Hung Bush Ranger. Wind Turbines. Wow. Poor BB. I am... And region-specific box sponsor are some of my <laughs> Well, that's what stars summed up, isn't it? I Absolutely. do have to give a shout-out to yeah. um to my friend Jack. I was going to say my friend podcast, Jono again, who gets a shout-out on who every came, podcast. Yeah, yeah, well, Jono's actually arriving on Friday, so he might make a live appearance on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God! But Jack came as a very Flopstars-specific character to Halloween and he came as Gwen Stefani from the Wind It Up video. No! <laughs> to the bemusement of most of the guests. <laughs> Ten points, Jack. Ten points. Very good. Very good. Um, great one. Alright, well this kind of brings us to the end, I guess. Not the end of the season, yep. but um, the end of the episode. The end of and the we'll Flopstars podcast be back forever. Next week. I'm quitting. Um, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at the calendar to make sure I can do uh, next week. Yep, it's an absolute yes from me. I will 
Uh, great. See you then. You're agreeing to you come to I've the podcast. I've got a psychologist appointment the night before. That's all, it, all that matters. I'll be fresh. Oh, that's uh, great. Well, let's unpo- unpack it. Yeah. <laughs> See you let's next week. Let's do a really unhinged album like a Demi Lovato. Yes, <laughs> great idea. Have a wonderful week, friends. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.